Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gore and Guilty podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Georgia. We love to talk all things true crime and paranormal. But as usual, before we jump into all of the exciting stuff, what's new with you, Georgia? (laughs) I feel like I always repeat myself, but not a lot. (laughs) The wisdom tooth, getting better. So that's positive. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Gosh, people must think I lead quite a boring life, but I feel like COVID is, you know, the whole pandemic situation kind of forgives that. So it's all good. Absolutely, yeah. I think a lot of people are in a similar boat. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think there'd be a lot of questions if I was out partying every weekend or up to stuff because people would be like, hmm, (laughs) I don't think that's allowed. Not yet anyway. So what's new with you, Greg? In terms of things that are new with me, there's nothing super major. I'm starting a new job soon, so that's cool. And That's exciting. Moving to a new city as soon as this week, so that's kind of cool. Woohoo! But the, really good. the major news, and it's not about me, is that there's been a potential update in the Fred's and Rose West saga. Yes. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention to the news. And for those of you that are listening to us frequently, we did an episode on Rose West. That was episode eight. So you can go and listen if you haven't yet. Yes. And there's recently been some news come out that a missing girl called Mary Bastome, who was 15 when she went missing in 1968, her body could be in a cafe in Gloucester. The story as I understand it, is police were actually aware of this cafe and they'd done searches in the past, but a new TV programme that is being done by Trevor McDonald's has found evidence. I'm not 100% sure what the evidence is yet. I've heard it could be, is it like a sonogram? That, that thing they use to look under floors and behind walls? I think so, yeah. So they they found evidence that she could be there and now police are going in. And, you know, I guess they're kind of digging it up and doing all that grisly stuff. There was always a strong tie to Fred West. He frequented that at the cafe that Mary worked at often. She was known to him and obviously has the reputation of many killings. But what I find extremely alarming about this update is... As far as I'm aware, all the victims that they know of about Fred and Rose were buried in two specific places. Yes. Like their homes, and then also the the, the area, the rural area where he grew up. So if they have been burying victims in other places, and maybe it sounds like this was an opportunist sort of situation, but that, that kind of adds a bit more of a grisly feel to this update. Like... What else is out there that we don't know? Exactly. And there was there was a big old gap in some of their killings too. Like four to six years, I can't remember exactly. So that's alarming. And during the time when Mary went missing, wasn't Fred doing work on this cafe? He was actually known as a builder during this time and he was doing work on this cafe during the time oh, that well, Mary really? was missing which is why they think that they couldn't find it when they did the searches, because I feel like he kind of incorporated her within the new renovations. Which might be why the sonogram, maybe, 
picked up something within the walls. So there's lots of different information here that's very interesting. Of course, we'll probably update you guys as we find out stuff and through the news. What's kind of interesting is that there was a petition in 2012 that wanted a fresh investigation into Mary Bastom's disappearance, including searches at the cafe, yes. but it was rejected by the chief constable of the Gloucestershire Police because he said there was simply no evidence to support the idea that Mary was buried there. So you kind of wonder, don't you? Mm -hmm. Have they dropped the ball a little bit? Because it's a bloody TV crew that have found the evidence, so it doesn't look good for the police. Exactly. You know that the TV crew as well are doing a documentary on Fred and Rose West. Yeah, yeah, because been, Trevor McDonald are doing spotted. So yeah, we'll update as we see fit on this one. As far as I'm aware, they still haven't found the body, or at least if they have, it's not been reported yet. Could be a false alarm for all we know, but for now we'll be keeping an eye on how things unfold. Yes, absolutely. So, do we have some questions for us this week? I think we're going to be doing one this week purely because of our little news update. Yeah, so we got a few questions, which is always nice, so thank you everyone. Thank you. And just trying to find the question now. I... You have to forgive me, because this follower, their Instagram name has Clara in it, so you'd guess her name is Clara, but then also her Instagram name is just Jay, so oh. Clara or Jay, um, she wondered if we record remotely or together. Do you want to answer that one, or shall I? I'll go for it. It would be great if we could record in the same room, but obviously, COVID, pandemic, we are currently... We have, I have my microphone set up at my house. Greg has his microphone set up at his house. So we're actually in different counties. And <laughs> we record at the same time. And we also, it's a bit of an operation. And we also have ourselves on video call so that we can see each other and kind of, it's like we're in the same room, but not. We record yeah. at the same time. but We yeah. try to recreate it. Yes. It would be great. We actually haven't released any episodes where we've been in the same room. That's true, but we did try to record. <laughs> yes. So we, Joanna, Dana, Harry had to do twice, didn't we? But the yes. first time we did it, we were in the same room. It didn't go very Never well. got released because that was our first ever and didn't reach our high standards. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Technical yeah. difficulties, yeah. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Jay slash Clara. Thank you for it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And now for the main event. Yes. And I know absolutely bugger all about what... I know you've given me a name and I just... I have no idea what I'm in store for tonight. So over to you, Georgia. I am looking forward to this case. I don't want to give too much away because there is a bit of a surprise at the end. And Ooh. I don't want to say what it is about. I don't. I'm. I'm just going to leave you all in suspense here, okay? Because you do realise you will have to tell me eventually at some point in this episode. I suppose you're going to have to give away the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be a long, silent episode. No, I'm joking. So the lady that's involved in this case is called Dahlia Dipolito, which is a great name. Consider, but. She's actually quite evil, so... 
It's a bit annoying. So she's our, she's our crim. She's our yes. criminal in this one. Yes. Dahlia, Dahlia. DiPolito. So I think I'm just going to crack into it, to be honest, because... Mm, get stuck in. I just don't want to give anything away. I haven't had my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Dahlia was born 18th of October, 1982. Her maiden name was Dahlia Muhammad, and she was she came from a religious family who were actually very close. Her mother was Peruvian, and her father was Egyptian. At age 13, she... Her mother and her siblings all moved to Boynton Beach in Palm Beach County, Florida. Which Palm Beach County, if you don't know, is quite a middle class area. I didn't know that, but that's good to know. It's actually where, you know, Epstein was associated with this area. Trump was associated with this area. And one of those, you know, all those big, expensive characters. (laughs) <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they all, all kind of congregate in this area, basically. So Dahlia was quite an attractive girl, some may say. And she had quite a strong speech impediment. She had a very strong lisp. As an adult, she wanted to work in real estate until she realised quite how much work goes into it to make a living through this profession. So decided that she would use her looks and become an escort. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a model or an actress or something. No, 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 no. She was quite a flirtatious character. Um, she, yes, she, and she was quite sexual. So she kind of used her sexuality and her looks. She combined the two. To her advantage, yes, to become escort. And it was during this career choice that she met Michael DiPolito. Michael DiPolito, who I presume is going to become her husband. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. You're g- Quick Greg, <laughs> they call you. <laughs> I don't hang about. I'm like Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Michael had a bit of a hard childhood, which kind of meant that he it was really important for him to be liked. He was described as charming and also a heavy gym-goer. He's pretty built. Oh, good for him. Although he doesn't have a clean record. In 2001, he was convicted of fraud, unlicensed telemarketing and grand theft. He was sentenced to two years. However, he only served seven months and was put on probation for 28 years and had to pay $191,000 in restitution. So he was essentially a bit of a con man. 28-year probation sounds... Is that normal? I don't really know. don't know much about American sentences. Maybe normal, but that's a Mm. long time to be on probation. It's a long time, isn't it? Mm. So he was still on probation when he met Dahlia. On the 4th of October 2008, Michael was alone for the evening in Boynton Beach, Florida as his wife was away. So he decided to contact an escort. And the escort was Dahlia. Oh, so he was married. He was married when he met Dahlia. He was indeed. Not good. At the time, Dahlia was 25, and Michael was just over 10 years his her senior. The affair continued, and two weeks later, he filed for divorce and proposed to Dahlia. 
Apparently, the sex was wild. <laughs> well, yeah, that must have been pretty good if it was two weeks and you abandoned your marriage. Yeah, just like that. Two weeks proposed and divorced. Like, well, filed for divorce. I think you. I can see why Dahlia became an escort now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she had the gift of the she gap, She's clearly you very know? talented. Yes. Yeah. She she is to escort services what Messi is to football. <laughs> She's definitely playing to her strengths. Yeah, sounds like it. So at the start of their marriage, Dahlia was very affectionate to Michael, to the point where a lot of people were feeling very uncomfortable. Bit of PDA. Yeah, I'm not about PDA. <laughs> 12th of March, Michael had a visit from a probation officer after they had received multiple calls claiming that Michael was selling steroids and ecstasy. One week later, he met with the police again, after new calls explained he was selling drugs from his car. During both of these incidences, no drugs were found and no evidence to back up these theories was also found. So, it was unexplained why these calls started to come in. The next day, after the second search of his vehicle, he was filling his car up with petrol and he found a bag of pills, which the police had missed during their search, which... Well, he found them. Yeah, he, he was filling up his car at the petrol station and found a bag of pills. So I guess it must have been hidden, I don't know, hidden in the petrol? And whether, maybe where the, yeah, the gas cap. Yes, yeah. Which the police missed, which probably not great. But he also was like, what is this? So someone's trying to set him up. Mm, that's what it started to look like. Mysterious. Two weeks after this, when he met the police again, he found a small bag of cocaine hidden in his cigarette packet. They found this and he said, I have absolutely no idea how this got there. And he actually broke down and claimed, like, I'm absolutely innocent. So they didn't... They did not arrest him. But he's starting to be suspicious about what is going on around him. He couldn't explain it. That's a lot of drugs to frame someone with. Whoever it is yeah. has access to drugs or good money, or presumably both. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand why it's happening, especially as he's on probation as well. Yeah, exactly. He has to be squeaky clean. He decided to ask Dahlia if she had any idea about what was going on. He chose to ask her whilst she was driving. Probably not the best idea, because she didn't take this lightly, and decided to drive at 190 miles an hour, which, as expected, scared Michael. How, how many miles an hour? 190. Wow. That's fast. Isn't that insane? That's just... <laughs> That is insane, and I can kind of... That's what I've read, I just... I can kind of see where this is going now. Mm. She's on the mm. defensive. A speedy defensive. Yes. <laughs> exactly. A fit of rage. I don't think... I don't think it's going very well for Michael. No, he's probably missing his ex-wife at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next day, Dahlia claimed that she was pregnant. And Michael was very happy with the news. They both went out shopping for the baby that day. However, Dahlia had a plan up her sleeve. She had called an ex-boyfriend called Mike Stanley, 
and asked him to call Michael to pretend to be a lawyer, explaining that if he moved the house into Dahlia's name, that he would be let off probation, which he was convinced and agreed to do so. (laughs) And he did. This old boyfriend must have been well persuasive. (laughs) What? That's incredibly... Why would that even work? You'd surely check. You'd ring your probation officer, wouldn't you? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's madness. Well, I mean, I'm just kind of like, fair play. That is an ambitious plan, and they've pulled it off. That is a full-blown miracle. Well, I do feel sorry for Michael, but come on, man. Yeah, like... I feel sorry for him, definitely. But that's a, that must have been really persuasive. They must have been incredibly yeah. persuasive. Maybe it's because... Maybe, so I'm going to throw him a bone here. I'm going to throw Michael a bone. I'm thinking if he had, if presumably he had no expectation that Dahlia was involved in this, maybe you would suspect that a little bit because someone's calling you being like, give this person your house. (laughs) But let's pretend or assume that he would never expect her to do something like that. Maybe Dahlia told this ex-boyfriend certain things that, he is guessing only a, a lawyer involved in his case would know. Yes, yeah. And then the thing's starting to come together. Maybe that's me throwing him a bone, because like I said, you'd think if someone was like, hey, give this person your house for free, and we'll let you off this big crime you've exactly. done. Exactly. You'd suspect that person might be involved in something fishy. It just I think I've watched too many crime documentaries and listened to too many podcasts where they life insurance and putting houses in other people's names never usually go very well for that person. You're going to be suspicious of everyone now. Absolutely. (laughs) Unfortunately, it goes from bad to worse for Michael. So that $191,000 that he needed to pay for restitution, Dahlia said she could help him out with that. If he sent over... A hundred thousand pounds, a hundred thousand dollars, she would cover the ninety-one thousand and then just send it off together and then it would just be done. He sent the money and it was never seen again. Oh God. Does she do a runner then, I presume? She doesn't, doesn't do a runner, but she just never sends it. I don't quite know why it took a little while for Michael to realise this or... Things start tumbling down the hill quite quickly. July 2009. So we're coming up to nearly one year of Dahlia and Michael being married. So they were engaged after two weeks, married after six months, and then we're now about to meet their anniversary one year. It's quite a rocky start for a relationship so far. Very rocky. Very rocky. In July 2009, Dahlia spoke with another ex-boyfriend, Mohammed Shahadi. They had quite a casual relationship and they stayed in touch ever since. For a woman that is committing such heinous activities against her current husband, she seems to be surprisingly amicable with her ex-boyfriends, able to just call in favours. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And you're... Oh, yeah, it, it is bizarre to me. 
this woman must have some sort of charisma and charm. Gift of the gab. Yes, for sure. In July 2009, she meets with Mohammed and she basically tells him how unhappy she is with Michael and that he's abusing her and controlling her and that she just wants to get out. I'd like to make it clear that he wasn't abusing her or controlling her. She was just trying to manipulate the whole situation and turn Mohammed against Michael. On the 31st of July, she met up with Mohammed again and she said to him that she wants Michael dead and that she needed a plan to get rid of him. A divorce wouldn't suffice. She needed to get rid of him. So they arranged to meet up the next day, the 1st of August. This time, Mohammed told her that he knew a hitman who could sort out her issue. And she agreed to meet the hitman the next day. During this meeting with Mohammed, she took two pictures of Michael and gave him $1,200 to buy a gun. How much? 1200 for a gun. And she is quite adamant that she wants this plan to be, you know, she's serious with this plan. She's keen. Mm-hmm. So on the 2nd of August, she meets with the hitman. She walks over to his car and gets in. It was parked at a petrol station. He started to talk, you know, a little bit of nicety, chit-chat, but she was not having any of that and wanted to go straight in with the plan. <laughs> no small talk, only big talk. Seriously, <laughs> no, no talk-talk, no small talk. Lovely weather we're having today. Yeah, I don't care, just can you kill my husband, please? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Apparently he was... um paying her like a couple compliments but yeah no she wasn't having any of that (laughs) straight to how to murder my husband so he talked her through the plan and said to her once he leaves this car there is no way of contacting him so she had to be sure and she replied i'm positive like five thousand percent that's very positive so she's not 100%, 100%, 100%, not 1,000%, 5,000% sure that she wanted to kill her husband. Such a weird number to pick, actually, isn't it? I'm more of a 110% right. person myself. 110, yes. When I want to express high commitment. She explained to him that it needs to be done quickly, and she wants it to be done by next week. She was told on the 5th of August, she was to go to the gym as usual at quarter to six in the morning, and that when she comes back, the deed will be done and there will be a body in her house. She replied, okay. So that was it. Did he, Did it happen? The deal was made. The deal was made. But did what happened to poor Michael? Poor Michael. Oh, no. The 5th of August came around. She hops out of bed. Michael didn't go to the gym that day because he'd recently had liposuction, so he was resting. She says to him on the way back she'll bring him a Starbucks like she usually does and off she goes to the gym. Whilst she was at the gym, she got a missed call and a voicemail. The voicemail was from a sergeant who asked her to 
call him back as soon as she got the message. A sergeant? Like, sorry, a sergeant, a police sergeant? Yes, like police sergeant. So she called him back instantly, and the officer said to her that she needed to come home as soon as possible. She asked him if everything was okay, and he replied he would explain everything once she got there. Dahlia left the gym and arrived home. When she arrived there, the house was swarmed by police cars. And also a well-known TV show, Cops, were filming at the scene. Oh, okay. That kind of makes more sense. When you said a well-known TV show, I thought it was going to be like pranked or... Something like that, <laughs> and I was You've just been about to be... by the prank patrol. Yeah, yeah, it's cause something. What was that? Was the American one punked or pwned or something like that? Punked. Ah, your husband Michael's been on it the whole time, and the hitman <laughs> just comes out like, Wee, "You idiot!" <laughs> oh no, I wish it took. I wish it took that turn. No, just cops. Cops makes a lot more sense. So we're yes, it's the cop show. So I guess it's a bit like traffic cops like we have here where they kind of stumbled across this scene where all the police were outside of this woman's house and they thought okay this is our moment so we got a bit of a sad moment i know that we've been speaking quite jovial but i'm gonna take it down a notch so she walks quickly up to an officer and he explained that they were called Due to, a, due, to, due to a disturbance at the house, and gunshots were heard. He asked her if Michael DiPolito was her husband, and she replied yes. And he said, I'm so sorry to inform you, but your husband has been killed. Oh no. Dahlia was hysterical. Before he even managed to say the word killed, she was already broken down, like, almost collapsed onto the police officer. The police officer tried to calm her down as she's taken into the car to be questioned at the police station. The police asked if she had known anybody that would want to harm Michael. So she decides to reel off all this information, which she said yes. He's on probation for fraud and that he was going to be let off soon. And this made a lot of people involved in this case angry. But she didn't give any names or any specific details. She tells them that he's a recovering alcoholic and a crack addict. Not sure if any of those are true. And then they bring in the hitman in handcuffs. They turned to her and asked her, Do you know this man? No. She denies it. I bet she shit herself. I bet she was... I'd love to see her face when he walked in. Because I imagine that when the hitman walks in, you you, know, you feel like you've been, you've been busted. Like, the whole point of hiring a hitman is that it's so incognito that she could just blag the... make up some of these lies to try and get the police off her and happy day she's gotten away with it. Yeah, she thought it would be like some anonymous thing. I actually thought Michael was going to survive. I thought that the hitman would have been a police officer or something. I don't know why. I think it... Yeah, I was hoping. Yeah. Because 
Hang on, you're smiling. <laughs> have I ruined it? Do I need to, I'm gonna have to edit this out. Or oh, maybe I am Columbo. Am I Columbo? <laughs> We said it at the beginning. Greg's too quick for this. I've been rumbled. I've been rumbled. I, I'm in the wrong career. I should be, I should be a police officer. That's why I was being really jovial. Because I was like, I was like, I feel like this guy, there's so many, like, I think what it was is there's yes. like details of conversation. So I was like, well, if he's died, then no one would yes. ever know this. Very true. So... This makes me feel less bad now. <laughs> I've ruined the whole thing. We, you can no, let me know no. at the end if you want me to cut this all out or if you want me to... This is fine. This is fine. I tried to help. When you said... Right, okay. I'll carry on. I'll carry on. <laughs> I'm, good. You, I'm good. When you said about the prank patrol, I thought, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> so... I've got such a gleeful smile on my face right now. Yeah, he does, he does. Oh, he's very, oh, damn it. (laughs) Smug. I try to hold it together, but I, I see, I'm the most, I I just smile all the way through this. I can't, I can't (sighs) compose myself. Right, okay. So she denies knowing the hitman. Then the officer leaves the room and says that he needs to speak to another officer to make sure that nothing was taken from the property so that it, so that they could rule out burglary. When he comes back in, he asks her whether Michael and her had any marriage issues. She said no, there's no drama, no issues, and denies any involvement in this crime throughout. The police officer had had enough and turns to her and says, Michael is alive and we know everything (laughs) (laughs) i need some gasps of uh um, (gasps) shocked here (gasps) greg you couldn't believe it (laughs) i love that though i'd I'd love to have seen the reaction because like you said outside the house when they told her she'd clearly been like hyping herself up at the gym she was probably like I'm going to sell this. I'm going to be like Hollywood actor. Oh, he's dead. Like all that, like on the floor. I I hope there's a video with cops with that. I'm really hoping that there's a reaction video. So everybody there knew. Everybody was in on it (laughs) other than her. The fact that cops TV show was there was by chance and they filmed everything. All of this has been like um, recorded you can see it online. I, I certainly need to watch the video. It's, it's blown up. So Michael ends up standing in the doorway. And she she says, oh, thank God you're alive. For goodness sake. Like, <laughs> oh, for says, God's God. sake. Like, <laughs> Why? Surely she was just like, yep, you've got me. Like, give up the act. She still denies this. She still denies it. So she asks Michael to come to her and he says, no. So then they take her out to her cell. Okay, so you remember the first conversation with Mohammed, where she told him that she wanted Michael killed. That first initial, no hitman's involved yet, the first initial meeting, I just want to get rid of him. It was at this meeting, straight after, he goes straight to the police and tells them everything. 
Big up Mohammed, what a legend. Okay, so when I was like when I was like clearly she's got amicable exes, maybe they're not that amicable like she thought, evidently. Exactly. He must have known, he must have clocked on how manipulative she was being. He was really worried that if she managed to get away with this, maybe not with him, but with someone else, that he could be linked to it. So straight from the bat he was like, No, I am getting out of this completely. Smart guy. Yeah, smart guy. He even told them about how Dahlia had admitted to trying to poison Michael with antifreeze by putting it in his Starbucks iced tea. Now, antifreeze is really bad and, like, it's really poisonous. And actually, a little fact that I was told when I was little and I used to be really scared of antifreeze because apparently cats really like the taste of it and it actually poisons them. So if you've got cats... Keep your antifreeze away. <laughs> yeah, keep your things frozen. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Ice cold. He was told that more evidence was needed. So during the second meeting, where she gave the pictures of Michael and the money for the gun, the car was rigged with cameras and Mohammed was wearing a wire. So the police heard everything. The hitman was an undercover cop, as Greg said. (laughs) (laughs) That car was also set up with cameras and the conversation was recorded too. And this can be seen online too and it's really interesting to watch. There's one point where she even looks like she looks at the camera um, and you can hear her say the famous I'm positive, like 5,000% sure, which was then made quite famous because of this case. She um she still denies this all, by the way, even though there's literal video proof and audio recordings of it. To this day? Yeah. yeah. That's balmy. She's clearly delusional. Like I said, as soon as Michael walked in, she should have been like, okay, Shit. you've had me. You've, you've done me. You've done a number on me here. <laughs> Hold hands I've, up. You've got me. It. I'm yeah. insane. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> not, not, I didn't do it. That's so dumb. Yeah. So when she arrived at the house and the police tape was around her house and all the cop cars were there, that was all fake and completely set up by the police. And like I said before, everyone was in on it except for Dahlia. So when she came up to the officer and the officer says your husband's been killed and she crumbled, it just... How those... Like, everyone knew. Crazy. It created a media storm, and while she was being interviewed, videos of this performance that she had given was already being shared. Like, it was so public, this whole case. The police actually asked Michael if he could recall the time where his iced tea tasted funny. And he remembered she had bought him one that tasted really wrong, and he'd spat out the mouthful that he'd sipped, and then threw the rest of the rest and threw the rest away. He was actually really ill from this, and he was ill for two weeks just for one mouthful. Smart like he man. spat out most of it. That's how deadly it was. Wow. Dahlia is in jail, and she decided to call Michael, asking him to visit her. During this phone call, she doesn't show any remorse for what she did, and she doesn't even apologise. 
She wanted him to visit her because she needed needed an attorney. He said no, especially after what she did. Especially after the money incident, especially after putting the house in her name. No, he put his foot down and said, no, I'm not helping you. And he didn't help her get a lawyer. She still denied it to him. He said, I didn't do this. He replied, I heard your voice. She said, Michael, I love you. Don't do this to me. Everybody is treating me awful in here. Yeah. She tried to kill your husband. Like, don't manipulate this right the way around and try and say, don't do this to me. Don't do this to him. God, she is so delusional. She clearly thinks that she will still have some sort of hold over him. Which, actually, considering he stuck with her after she nicked a hundred grand and a house. Maybe it's not that much of a step up, but, you know, trying to kill him. Well, he, during this investigation, he, he finds out that she tried to kill him with the antifreeze. And the antifreeze. And then he's tried to kill him with a hitman. I think she, he's now probably got the message that Dahlia probably just isn't that good for him. Yeah, yeah. A bit toxic, that one. Yeah. No pun intended. So he said to her that the only advice that he can give her, because he spent a little bit of time in prison, was to keep her head down as she was going to be in there for a while. Amen. During the trial, the defence claimed that it was all an act and actually Michael came up with this plan so that the couple, especially <sighs> Dahlia, could become a reality TV star. And that they knew that it was being recorded and they knew that the cops TV show was there and this was a whole elaborate plan so that they would become famous and that Mike was in on it. I, I just can't. <laughs> I can't comprehend that. (laughs) Where do these defence lawyers get off? And what on earth are they smoking? Because this is the second (laughs) episode in about three weeks where I've heard some of the most ludicrous defences I've ever heard. Oh yeah, this was all a scheme to get on Big Brother. It's stupid. (laughs) That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'm sure there's better ways to become a reality TV star than try to kill your husband. Yeah, exactly. Like, Pump yourself full of plaster like Kim Kardashian did. It's all you need to do. Yeah. Not bloody <laughs> come up with some... What did she think was going to happen as well? Like, that is so <laughs> stupid. That is honestly the most ludicrous defence I've ever heard. And that lawyer, that lawyer has gone to schools and he's paid loads of money to become a defence lawyer and that's what he's come up with. He's not been like, can you please <laughs> tell them you're insane or there's voices in your head because that might get you a lesser sentence or can you not say that you've actually got a... You could just come up with anything. Oh, she's got a secret twin that she never told anyone about. <laughs> yeah. And there's no record of and it was actually them that did it. They got the same voice or no, there's a big police conspiracy and actually they just got a voice actor you you just come up with anything. Is that what being a lawyer for I a defence so, person yeah. is? There you go. Wow. Wow. Maybe you need I to shocked. change your career path, Greg. And, uh... Yeah, maybe. Well, if, if being a detective doesn't work out, because I think that's what I should change to first. <laughs> I can't believe you figured go... it out so soon. <laughs> no. <sighs> I think I could do both. Maybe they could make a, they could make a TV programme out of me. Yeah. I'll, I'll have the last laugh. I'll become the reality star. <laughs> I'll be like... Defence lawyer by day, detective by night. I'll be working both sides. <laughs> there you go. You've heard it here first. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is mental. I can't believe that. 
I'm just I'm going to be thinking about that defence all night. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. The jury didn't believe this. Thank goodness. No. Yeah. No. What? <laughs> Where's the justice? <laughs> Sorry, I won't interrupt anymore. With that. <laughs> she was guilty of solicitation of first degree murder and was sentenced to 20 years in prison, which Michael responded that he was 5,000% happy with this. Which, <laughs> oh, nice. Brilliant line. I was like, yes, Michael. I love it. However, there was an appeal due to a problem with the jury selection and she was freed. Get out of town. Really? I'm not joking. However, so she, I believe, was in house arrest. So she was tagged in her house and there was an attempt to get the case dismissed. Her defence continued down the same path as we've discussed the second time. That it was all Michael's idea for them to be stars and that Mohammed, Dahlia and Mike were all working together. This failed and it was taken to another trial. This time, they came up with a new defence. And they blamed the police department due to them creating a fake crime scene for Cops TV. Which it wasn't for Cops TV, it was a coincidence. And they just decided to go down... Let's blame the police. Do you know what? Probably a better defence than the first one. Clearly they're learning and getting better because the, I, it's not, it's not, it's obviously still an absolutely ludicrous defence. It's still a ludicrous defence and it's what, the, after two attempts of it failing the first time they decided to go to this one now. And also like none of this matches any of her responses, you know. To like her immediate, it wasn't when Michael walked in she was like, oh come here, and that's what she did. She did. She wasn't like, aha, we've got you. We did it. Aha, we're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna be the next big reality hits. It's gonna be me, Mohammed, and Michael against the world. That, that wasn't it. You know, she's there's no continuity there. No, there isn't. No one else knew about this plan that they'd come up with. It. Just, yeah, it's just a bit one big joke, really does make for great tv i'm sure i know i really want to watch this cops uh tv show on this case i think i think it is online somewhere makes for great podcasts so it does it does (laughs) fantastic episode so between the trials of the first and the second dahlia with her ankle bracelet you know her ankle tag house arrest manages to become pregnant and not with Michael's baby with the appliance repairman (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so the defence used this as well to their advantage and actually turned to the jury and said that they would be separating a mother and son if they found her guilty which I don't know if they're allowed to do it's quite manipulating. Don't tell me she's got off. During this trial, Michael wasn't put on the stand, which I think was a flaw for the prosecutor because it didn't humanise the case. And it ended up being a hung jury. Three for guilty and three for not guilty. So she's, she's got off, basically. 
Greg's, Greg's got his hands hands on his head. <laughs> He's stressed. How? How that just it defies common sense. They've literally U turned their defence. It's like a game show, isn't it? Yeah. It's literally is. Oh, it really is. Really is, is that justice? Is that fair? If you can just go, actually, we've got like a reset now. We can try and come up with a better defence because the last one was rubbish. Is that is that how the world works? Is are we okay with that? If am I going mad? <laughs> we can't be okay with that, can we? Where are the where are the riots? <laughs> so, third time's a charm. 2017, we're going for a third trial. Oh, please tell me there's a third defence. A pink unicorn told her to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, this time the prosecutors decided to put Michael back on the stand. Good choice. And it actually only took 90 minutes for the jury to decide that she was guilty of solicitating first-degree murder. There was no new defence. I don't know what they tried this time, actually. She was given 16 years and she won't be out until 2032. Her mother and her sister are looking after her son. And she tried to take the case to the US Supreme Court for an appeal, but they denied to even hear her case. They just went, nah, no, no. If I was them, I'd have been like, no, we'll hear it, because that sounds bloody entertaining. (laughs) That'd be a great Sunday (laughs) afternoon, wouldn't it? (laughs) Chill that case, the Supreme Court judges could just have a little giggle. A nice Friday afternoon case, you're right. Just unbelievable. Michael managed to pay off his restitution and is now happily engaged to another lady. Well done, Michael. Yeah, I know. Finally, he's got his ending. I think he's doing well. I think he deserves that. And that is the case. The tale, I should say. That is the tale of Dahlia DiPolito. That case was awesome. <laughs> what a wild case. That is a fully, like, take the brakes off wild case. I know. We learned, I've learned so much. I've learned, <laughs> I'm primo number one detective. Oh, I That's the main takeaway. That. And when you were like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was, you've been pranked. And I was like, how does he know this yes it is all a prank it's all like one big prank really the police absolutely had her on from the start we've learned that you could be a defense attorney also that's true we've learned i've got well i think the overall takeaway is that i've got a number of career options but we've also learned that sex is very persuasive because yes michael left his probably less murderous first wife for dahlia yep we've learned the sex was uh wild We've learned that the police will pretty much do pwned or punked or whatever it's called, or prank patrol yeah. for, for the hell of it. Well, not for the hell of it. It does sound like a hilarious way to catch a criminal. It was, <laughs> yes. And it, they did it very well. I mean, it was vital for the investigation, but absolutely brilliant. And the coincidence that Cops TV were there to film it all for the pleasure of all of us. This case, it's also nice, it's nice doing a case where Noah's died, because I can laugh a lot more. Yes. And like yeah. my, my nose is running a little bit, because I don't want to gross everyone out <laughs> with the imagery, but from laughing, <laughs> especially <laughs> those ridiculous, ridiculous defences, which really set me off. Brilliant. And no one died, so yeah. Get in. It's fine to laugh. We're allowed to laugh on this one. And Michael's doing well. 
And Michael's doing well. That's yeah. what that's what we like to hear. And I, I, one other thing we've learned is that I now need to go away and find that video of Dahlia having a breakdown. Oh, you have to. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm so and sorry. I definitely recommend everybody else going to see her. Well, five thousand percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, thanks so much for sharing that case with us, Georgia. Do you want to go through the socials? Yes. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed. So, if you'd like to send us a story, or anything you like, really, to our email, it is goreandguiltypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, where we'll be sharing pictures of the case and other funny memes and all sorts, really. It's pretty much where we spend most of our time, so I definitely recommend you check it out. And that is Gore and Guilty Podcast. Join our Twitter at Gore and Guilty and our Facebook group, Gore and Guilty Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Then send awesome. us a review and let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Send us some recommendations. Yeah, we've been we we get messages occasionally like where can we leave a review? And the truth mm. is, I don't know about you, Georgia, I don't really know. I think you can do it on Apple Podcasts. Apple but... Podcast. Apple Podcast. So if people can leave a review on Apple Podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. It goes a long way. It it boosts us up a little bit so other people can see our podcast. Um, but I think that would be the best place. There we go. That's another thing I've learned, and that's everyone's homework. You can't listen till <laughs> uh, you can't listen to episode thirteen until you've done that. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh, no, it's good. Thank you so, so much for all the support, by the way. I'm so grateful that people are even listening to us. Like, it's 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 so much fun. Yeah. I really enjoy doing it. We got, like, we got 20 listens in our first week. And genuinely, I'm not lying, me and Georgia were absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing at we that. We couldn't believe it. And now we've got a lot more. I'm not gonna, Because we're close to a milestone, I'm not going to say it. In the next episode, I'll say to where yes. we've got to. Because unless Don't we have a disaster... It. We should reach that milestone. But yeah, we are very grateful, as always, to you guys. Really grateful. Us. Thank you. And remember, we won't judge Jeff. Gore is your guilty pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.